All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Living Fellowship. Very excited and privileged to be here today with you. How many of you remember what we talked about last week? The inward, taking the Word of God inward, your relationship with God inward, and becoming spiritual, learning the Spirit. And one of the very first steps to learning the Spirit is taking your relationship with God inward. Okay? Now today we're going to throw a little bit of contrast in that and show a little bit of outward. What happens when you put the Word of God outward. We're going to do both of those. So in Psalms, the 51st chapter, if you have your Bibles we can turn there. Now in this chapter David is praying and he's talking to the Lord about creating a, a new heart. Creating a, a new heart and a clean spirit. A clean heart, renew within me a right spirit, he said. In one place in here, for anybody that didn't think David had the Holy Ghost, he says, take not thy Holy Spirit away. And he's asking the Lord to cleanse him. Now, the prayer is because of what took place with um, an act of adultery with Bathsheba, an act of murder with her husband Uriah. And David's asking the Lord, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. And in the sixth verse, I believe it is, yeah, as David's praying, he speaks to the Lord and says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. You see there? He's, te he's telling the Lord, I know this. I understand this. You desire, one of your desires is that I would know wisdom in the inward parts. So what's the inward parts? Remember last week we talked, it's the heart, isn't it? This whole chapter is talking about creating a, a clean heart, a right spirit. What else is the inward part? Spirit, Gary said, absolutely. Your thoughts, things that are spirit, aren't they? That's what you go into the spirit. When you let the word of God go into your spirit, God will bring you into his spirit. And he'll talk to you. He'll show you things. He'll reveal his goodness and his mercy He'll teach you, reprove you, correct you, instruct you, all these wonderful things. So we're learning how to walk by the Spirit. They that are led of the Spirit, they are the sons of God. One of the very first steps in doing so, obviously, is to believe there is a God. And believe God uh, exists. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I went into a vision earlier today. And I've never had the Spirit of God move on me so fast. It was like a vacuum. It just pulled me with great strength into the spirit and showed me how much he showed me a series of, of uh, visions that I've had in the past and even more I'm gonna try to do this without any emotions but he showed me how much he loves me and then it was not just me but how much he loves us Linda and I'm just gonna tell you something right now plain as I can say until you experience what I just experienced you do not know the magnitude Mike of how much God loves you you don't Okay, you can believe me or not, but that's my testimony. He loves you more <laughs> than you could even begin to imagine. I had to be brought into his imagination to perceive how much he loves his creation, how much he loves each and every one of us. Think about your most prized possession in the whole world, what you desire, what you love, what you appreciate more than anything else. And I'll tell you where that's hard. <laughs> Because I thought about them grandbabies. Well, I got more than one. I can't say just one. Huh? Mike, Jennifer, can't just say one of those three. So 
Beyond that, way, way beyond that is his love for you and I. It's absolutely amazing. And we'll talk more about that one of these days. In Psalms 51, verse 6, I'll start this over. David said, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. So the inward part is also the hidden part. That makes sense? What's it hidden to? To your eyes? Not to God's, huh? How does God look? We talked about this last week. The Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart, doesn't he? So it's hidden because it's in your heart. And you may not know this or not. And this is not across the board true. But in Jeremiah 17 and 9, it says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And the Lord answers and says, I search the heart and I try the reins to give unto every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. So God gives accordingly by what he sees, what he sees with thought and intent. Now I said it's not blanketed because there are some of us that has allowed God to create a, a, a clean heart and a right spirit within you. So when I say your heart's deceitful, you only measure that by your relationship with God. If he hasn't cleansed all of it, well, there could be some deceit that's still there. And we want to be honest about that. But you say, I'm on the way. Amen. I believe that. And there's areas of your heart that uh, have been experienced great amounts of grace. And great amounts of mercy and kindness and the joy of the Lord. All these things. If there's still some things to clean up, I just say let's trust God and let him do it. Amen. He said the, the, hid, the inward parts is where God desires truth. That's the hidden parts where God will make you to know wisdom. Look at verse 7. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Now when he's talking about being clean and being washed, correlate this. Understand what he's saying. He's talking about the inward parts. Because we're getting ready to read about the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus was all the time warning his disciples. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware of the scribes. And they that stand in the marketplace to be seen of men. And for pretense make long prayers. Everything was about outward. Watch what he says about these scribes and these Pharisees. This is um, Matthew 23, 23 and 27. And this is where we're going to throw a little bit of contrast in it. In other words, what I mean is we're talking about the inward but we're getting ready to talk about the outward also, because it's equally important. And I'm going to encourage you again, again, to take the Word of God in your relationship with God and bring it inward. Now, when you're doing that, it's also important to understand the outward. You'll see that right here. Matthew 23 and 27. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Let me bring that whole thing up. There might be some other good stuff here. Yeah, yeah, there is. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward. Huh? Man, you look great outward. You say all the right things. Remember, Jesus spoke about the Pharisees. He says, with your lips you do honor me. But the hidden part, huh? But your heart, he said, is far from me. So you can look however you want to, but what does God see? He's not looking at your outward appearance. He's judging righteously. John 7 and 24 says, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. So there's righteous judgment and there's unrighteous judgment. When you're judging according to the appearance and outwardly, 
That's an unrighteous judgment. How many of you have ever had somebody judge you wrong? Now, before you get your hand way too high up there, how many of you have ever judged somebody else wrong? Huh? That's what that saying there, when you point your finger at somebody else, you got three more pointing back at you. So remember, I've said this, I'll say it till the day I die. Some people live in regret. The way you don't live in regret or regret things is when you do something you would regret if you learn from it and don't do it again, then it was a learning process and it was good. There's no regret. If you keep doing it over and over and over and over again, it could possibly be a curse work in there. And, and you're unteachable. So you need to pray and ask God, make me teachable. Help me to break this curse. Help me not to cycle in these things, Lord, so I will never, ever live in regret. Wouldn't it be terrible to live your whole life and lay on your deathbed and just start regretting? You know you're leaving. You can't change it. And you regret. Wouldn't it be so much better to have learned the things of God, walked by His Spirit, and, and when you're leaving this life, leave in the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Wouldn't it, Daryl? Man, that's the way to go, isn't it? All right. He said, um, You do indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Now remember in another place, it's in Matthew, I'm thinking it's 15, but the Pharisees and scribes got upset because Jesus' disciples were walking through the field and plucking corn on the Sabbath day. You remember that? They wanted to accuse them and get upset with them. Jesus said something very interesting in there, which you should um, hold dear to your heart. And he said, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him. You can't eat food or drink water and defile yourself. How do you get defiled? What comes out of a man's heart, right, Carrie? And what comes out of a man's heart? Wickedness, uncleanness, right? He said it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of his mouth or out of his heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So what is in you inwardly is going to manifest sooner or later. You can hide it as long as you want to. God has seen it the whole time along. You might as well just open your heart up to God and say, you've seen it this whole time, now let me see it. Let's deal with these things. Let, let this temple, you know, know you not, your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, right? Let this temple be filled with righteousness and your spirit, Lord. Cleanse me, like David said. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Now he said um, in verse, the very next verse, even so, you also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you're full of hypocrisies and iniquity. He's not missing a beat, is he here? Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous, and say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore you are witnesses unto yourselves that you are the children of them which killed the prophets. What is he saying to them right here? He's saying to them, you are deceived within your own selves. You're saying if you, weren't, you were there, you would have done something different. And Jesus said, no, you're deceiving yourselves. You know, it's one thing to be deceived by somebody else. When you begin to de de uh, be deceived by yourself and you deceive yourself, that's a higher level. 
You understand what I'm saying? And if you think about the Pharisees, they were deceived within themselves and thought Jesus was deceived. That's how high a level it was that when they deceived themselves and they walked in hypocrisy and lies and would make clean the outside of the platter, everything within was unclean. It was wickedness. Now, where's the scripture at, Tim or Walker, where it says, um, oh, it's Psalms, Psalms 37. Turn with me to Psalms 37, and I'm going to reiterate something I already read. As you're turning to Psalms 37, remember David said, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Where are you going to obtain wisdom? In the hidden part, in the inward part. But what I want you to notice for just a minute is, and we're going to spend a little bit of time on this, he said, thou desirest. This is a desire of God. And as you turn to Psalms 37, what we're looking to see is where um, David said, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. That's verse 4. Let's start in verse 3. Okay? Because a lot of people think when what I'm going to read to you, and it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. My wife spoke on this recently, and, and we've spoke on it many times. But a lot of people read that, and I've heard it preached when he said, delight yourself in the Lord, Mike, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So if I say glory, hallelujah, and I believe in Jesus, and I delight myself, I'm happy to talk to you about Jesus, then I get that Ferrari. That's a desire I have. Huh? Or I, I get the house I want. Or I get the right uh, husband or the right wife all these things you're saying, that's my desire. If I do what this scripture says, God's going to give it to me. A large bank account. Win the lottery. I'll delight myself in you, Lord. And now, this is where you get into holding God as a debtor. I did my part. Where's those winning lottery numbers, huh? Come on. But what it's actually saying here is, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you his desires. The desires of your heart, Dathan, he's shaking his head, he's saying amen to me. The desires that he's going to give you is his desire. And remember what one of the desires was? Thou desirest. What? Wisdom in the inward parts. Remember he said that? That thou desirest truth in the inward parts. So if you delight yourself in the Lord, is God going to bring truth to your inner man? Are you going to be not cleaning the outside of the platter, but now you're cleaning the inside and you have truth in your heart? Because Merle, what happens when you have truth in your heart? You know that truth, don't you? Does it make you free? Does it make you free? Does it begin to develop wisdom in the hidden part? God desires that. So when you delight yourself in him, he puts his desire in your heart. That should straighten that scripture out very plainly for everybody here today, huh? And I forgot to say, but I do want to welcome everyone online also. We got quite a few people under, Tim? Nice, nice. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Um, delight yourself in the, Lord, in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, let's see here. There was one more scripture about these Pharisees and Sadducees. In Luke, the 11th chapter and the 39th verse. We're going to still do a contrast. Luke 11 and 39. And the Lord said unto him, Now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup, outwardly, and the platter, 
but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. Is that ravening or ravening? Ravening? Thank you, Walker. The inside, your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. You you think you're good, but your inside is defiled. That's why we want to take the word of God inwardly. God desires truth in the inward parts. Okay? The hidden man of the heart. Now, turn with me. Let me think here. I want to show you something. It's been a while since we talked about this. But let's go to 2 Thessalonians 2. I've read much commentary on this. I've read Oral Roberts. I've read um, Kenneth Cope. I've read a a lot of different people that talk about what I'm going to read to you right here. And it's going to talk about the coming of the Lord, our gathering together unto Him, and the man of sin. 2 Thessalonians Second chapter, we're going to begin reading in the first verse. Now, although we've talked about this extensively in the past, we haven't talked a whole lot about it now. And the reason I'm going to bring it up is, all the commentary that I read, Daryl, they're putting it all outwardly. They put it all outwardly. Years ago, and I think it was, well, I'm not going to say anybody's names. Whichever commentary I was reading was saying that the man of sin that I'm getting to read to you about was called Big Brother. Who knows what that was? Bill Clinton. And then it went after Bill to Big Sister, which would have been Hillary Clinton, but she lost. But there, there's been people that use uh, that comment on this, Daryl, and they've said that, uh, and I don't think this way, so don't anybody judge me, you Catholics, but they'd say that the Pope is the man of sin. They'd say that the UN is the New World Order. You guys know, the Trilateral Commission, that whole nonsense, whatever. One World Order, psh, that's all outwardly. That's what I'm saying to you. I guess I did express myself when I said that's all nonsense, huh? But I'm going to give you the option to choose here today. Doesn't God give everybody the option? Option, you can put it outwardly or you can put it inwardly. And we'll do both. You get to choose. You don't have to believe like I believe. I'm just here to testify of what my experiences of God and share with you what God gives to me. You believe however you want to. I'm just going to be faithful and fervent in what God has given me and then you have to make your choice between you and you and our God. 2 Thessalonians, 2nd chapter, first verse. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that day as that the day of Christ is at hand. Now he's saying this 2,000 years ago, speaking to the church in Thessalonica, right? It's at hand right now. Do you believe that it's still at hand today, 2,000 years later? Hmm, little step towards the inward, isn't it? Verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So notice the order. He, he says, concerning the coming of the Lord. He said, I don't want you shaken. I don't want you troubled, not by our word or by letter from us or by a spirit. He said, concerning the coming of the Lord, that day shall not happen and will not come, Bryce, except there first come of falling away and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, the way they put it outwardly is that at Jesus' second coming, 
There's going to be one world leader, one world order, and he's going to take over the whole world, and then, and then after he's revealed for who he is, then this planet Earth, Jesus is going to come back in the physical clouds that you see outside, and, he, and he's going to return for a second coming. That's one way of looking at it, one way of believing it, right? But remember the um, scripture, the, the concept that's throughout the whole Bible, because I believed that too at one time. It says, that which is first is natural, howbeit that which cometh afterwards is spiritual. You with me? Now, in, but the scripture does say that Jesus is coming with clouds, doesn't he? You know, I used to sit outside and I'd look at the clouds all the time, because I want to see Jesus, Nathan. I'm ready for him to come back. But then you know what happened? He came back to me in my heart. And it says he comes with clouds. How about Hebrews, the 12th chapter? When it's talking about all those that have witness in God, all those that have the testimony of the Lord, all those that Jesus has made himself known to has appeared to them inwardly in the spirit, it called them a great cloud of witnesses. So let's say Dathan goes into the spirit and Jesus appears to him. He's already come once, hasn't he? So the Lord appears to Dathan. Now he has that witness. Has the great cloud of witness come to Dathan? He's experienced the second coming of Jesus Christ. They say, well, well I still want to see him here. Well, God bless you. Yeah, we all do. But I'm just saying you can do it right now. Right now. And uh, it's going to be an inward work. It, I'll say it this way, just for if you have any unbelief. It can be. But you got to believe. Now, he said... In verse 3, I'm going to read this over again. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So, no matter how you believe, we got to see the scripture and say that the man of sin must be revealed. Are you with me? Is it that plain? Look. That day shall not come except the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. I'm just going to testify to you real quick. I did have an experience in the spirit. It was a dream. And I'm walking to the mountain of God on this road to the mountain of God. And I look to the left and this, the rock mountain formation, a face come out of it. It was like it was made of that rock. And, and as it began to form into a face, it was huge, like. Well, as high as that mirror, let's say, or bigger. It was talking. Its mouth was moving. And I noticed, I couldn't hear anything. But its mouth was moving. Gary testified to this in one of his studies when he was here. It, here's the deal. It never stopped. It never stopped talking. Just talk, 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 talk. And the Lord said to me, this is the man of sin. And if I didn't manifest him, you would never know he was there. You know what he said first to me? This is a man of sin, and he is in you. That's what he said to me. I'm here looking at this thing. He said, this is a man of sin, he's in you, and if I didn't manifest him, you would never know he was there. And I went, holy cow. I've been preaching the gospel for years, David. I've been preaching the gospel for years. And the Lord said to me, he is speaking great swelling words of vanity. That's what he said to me. Now later, over a year later, I visited it again, and you know what he was speaking you know what never stopped? He was quoting, paraphrasing scripture. Putting this part of this scripture with that part of this scripture and this part of that chapter with that part of this chapter. 
And what the Lord showed me was that's how he deceives. He had no power except for using the word of God to deceive. You ever see these people walking around talking to themselves? I got one even better for you. You ever be driving down the road and you see somebody talking to themselves and you start telling yourself how stupid that is and now you realize you're talking to yourself? <laughs> I'm going to guarantee you a lot of times when you see people that have lost their mental fortitude and, and are not thinking right and can be, whether it's drug-induced psychosis or however, that man of sin is talking to them. Within, inwardly, they're talking to him, he's talking to them, and they're having this relationship. I was at uh, Arco, AMPM, on the north side the other day. And man, this guy is just, he's having a war. And it was just him. But he, I, I, he looked like a, literally like a wild animal. And I videoed it. <laughs> Whatever. I brought it home to show my daughter and told her, listen, if you don't do right, you'll be on the street. Well, you're looking like this. <laughs> 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 and I ain't going to tell you what she said to me. We ain't even talking about that here. But uh, he's having a conversation. There's something there, but it's all an inward conversation. What did he need? The man of sin revealed. What did each and every one of us need? The man of sin revealed. Because I'll tell you what. What God is doing is revealing to us his son, Jesus Christ. How he's doing it is by the revelation of Jesus Christ, which he gave unto John, which he said John's going to give unto a short, uh, servant shortly of things which would shortly come to pass, right? So it's each and every one of us. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, in the revelation of Jesus Christ, Mr. Gowett, is the revelation of the man of sin. In other words, it's a part of it. So there's a lot of people that just say, well, I don't want anything to do with the name devil, Satan, Lucifer, any of that stuff. Well, then you're only asking for half of God's story. You know? It's funny, I was watching a, a video the other day, and the guy's like, if God's so good, then why is there evil in the world? If God's so good, this and that, he said, he must have created it. And I thought to myself, well, um, Isaiah 45 and 7 says, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. You don't have to guess. Just read the Bible. It'll tell you. He tells you I did create these things. But do you know why he created it? Go read the chapter. It's a witness. It's a testimony that there's only one God. And there's no other. He created good and he created evil. And if you will allow him to, he'll divide it out for you. He'll show you right. He'll show you wrong. He'll show you righteousness. He'll show you unrighteousness. He'll reveal his son to you, Daryl. The truth. And then he'll also show you the liar. He'll, the father of lies. The devil. And it's all a work that God is doing inwardly within us. Stay with me. Okay. I'm getting ready to give you a real quick secret on why you would want to take this inwardly. Okay. First of all, I did one when it's talking about the coming of the Lord. We just did that. Watch as I read here. Verse 4. So we left off in 3 with uh, the man of sin is going to be revealed. He's called the son of perdition. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worship. So that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Now this is where they say outwardly whether it was Bill Clinton, the Pope or whoever they're saying it was. He's going to be in control of the whole world and that's going to make him God in this world. Okay. Watch the little key I got here. Watch the little... Um, what do you want to call clue that I'm going to throw out to you 
verse three, uh, verse four, he said, "Who opposed?" Uh, let me start over again. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped? So he's he's saying, Mike, I'm greater than God. I'm going to exalt my thoughts above God. You know, Cain did that when he offered his sacrifice. He thought what he was offering was so much more superior than his brothers that God could not deny it. As a matter of fact, he was so arrogant because he was of the wicked one. He thought what he was going to offer was so much more superior than what God asked for that God would not reject it. That's why he got so mad. I visited this in the spirit. That's why his countenance fell. That's why he was wroth. He's like, whoa, 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 God, you can't reject what I have. It's not only better than my brothers, Julius, better than what you even asked for. He's exalting himself. And God's, and God's like, I just asked for something simple. <laughs> Actually, Abel said in his heart, I will do what the Lord has asked me to do, and I will be blessed. That's how simple it was, the difference between Cain and Abel, between the wicked and the righteous. It was just that simple. But my point in bringing it up was he exalted himself. Why? Because this man of sin, he's actually a representation of it, but he was working there, wasn't he? And what did he do? He murdered his brother. Huh? I'm going to be kind because there's kids there. He was a smart aleck to God. Huh? Remember? Go read this story when you get a chance. God's like, what is this? I hear uh, your brother's blood crying from the ground here. Huh? Am I my brother's keeper? Ooh. <laughs> so you get angry, you start being a smart mouth to God, huh? Better be careful. What ended up happening to him, Carrie? Did he get marked? He sure did, didn't he? Okay, let's go on. And the, the clue I'm throwing out to you here is in the fourth verse. Let me see here. Yeah. He said, Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. See, if you just read fast, you read right past that. Where's he sitting, Carrie? In the temple of God, it says. Do you know who, who also it says he's showing that he's God to? Himself. Himself. He's got to keep telling himself, I'm God, I'm God, I'm God. I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. That's what he says in you to get you to exalt your thoughts. But the clue is, it says he sits in the temple of God. Now I think, uh, Tim, help me find this. It's uh, 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, maybe the 19th verse. But it says, know ye not, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Tell me where that is, Tim. 2 Corinthians. Nope, I wasn't right with that one. You got her, Tim? 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. Thank you. I know we're going to read that in 2 Corinthians also. 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, and the 19th verse. Yeah, watch this. Talking about the N-word. Paul says, what? You see that question mark there? What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is where? Which is in you. He's talking about the inward, isn't he? What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, 
which you have of God, and ye are not your own, for you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, where is the man of sin sitting, showing himself that he is God? In the temple. What, what's the temple? Your body. God didn't lie to me. He was in me. He's in your temple. And until he's revealed, he's the one running the show, showing himself that he is God. This is where your lies come from. This is why we deceive ourselves. This is why we unrighteously judge others. Because we got an unrighteous judge sitting on the throne within us. Are you with me? You know what one of the biggest problems, Dathan, that they had with Jesus? Remember, bro, when he said, um, destroy this temple, and I'll ra- find this for me, Tim. Destroy this temple, and I'll raise it up in three days. And they're like, it took 46 years to create this temple. 46 years. And this, even at, uh, in his judgment, when they were condemning him, they brought this up and said, this man's a deceiver and he's a liar. But watch what we're getting ready to read. It says he, he wasn't speaking of the outward. He was speaking about the temple of his body. So when you put me to death, when you destroy this body, when you destroy this temple, I'll raise it again in three days. Whoo, resurrection, huh? Where are we at, Tim? I want to read it. John, the second chapter. Boy, they were upset early with him, weren't they, Tim? Yep, let me start in verse 18. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou us, seeing that thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. When the Pharisee, uh, when therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said unto this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Did you see that? The others condemned him. Those that were looking on the outward condemned him, hated him, wanted to kill him. But the disciples, see, when Jesus was walking with them, in the beginning they put everything outwardly. But watch after the resurrection what they're doing. Oh, I remember what he said. Let's put this inwardly. It wasn't about a building that took 46 years to raise up Tim. He was talking about the temple of his body. So this man of sin sits in the temple showing himself that he is God. God told me the truth. He was, he's in me. He's in you. Like it or not. But let's go back to uh, 2 Thessalonians because watch how this works out. 2 Thessalonians, and we're going to finish right here because it's getting late. 2 Thessalonians 2. Now, this is definitely where I want to finish. Because everything I'm talking to you about here today, especially this man of sin, the son of perdition who must be revealed, he's going to get destroyed. He's going to get consumed. But what I want to point out to you is, watch when I read this, it's going to call it the mystery of iniquity. This is a mystery. This is not something you figure out outwardly. This is not something the world, our politics, our leaders are going to teach you. God is going to show this to you. You will witness it in God. Watch this. We left off on five. He said, remember you not 
that when I was with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now let, letteth until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked, wait a minute, this one that's sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, he has a name, his name is wicked, the wicked one. He said, and then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. I'm going to stop there because this should be a hope to you. This should be a prayer. He said, <coughs> the wicked one, he's going to be destroyed. And you know who his works are after? The workings of Satan. So why would we not want to open our inward heart, our inward mind, our inward man to God and say, come in and cleanse your temple. Huh? You remember when Jesus went in the temple and he, he ran out the money changers? He said, make not my father's house a house of merchandising, make it a house of prayer. Huh? That's what God's doing. He, he sits in that temple, Daryl, and he merchandises the word of God. And until God shows us and brings us through this revelation, Daryl, we think he's God. I know you know what I'm talking about. Because you're right in the process of it right now. And you let God finish this work. Amen? Amen? Amen. So here's the hope. It's all a part of God's plan. Yes, he's there. Yes, he works with after the working of Satan and lying wonders. But God himself is going to consume him at the brightness of his coming. Amen? We're going to stop for today. We'll get back after this next week. How does that sound? Hunter's been clapping his hand. All right, I appreciate you guys. God bless you. Any questions before I go? I threw a lot out to you today. <clears throat> I'll say this in closing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Take it inward. Take it inward. There's a whole world within you that needs to be explored that God is, will reveal to you. Th that world that's within you, <laughs> you trust God to reveal the things that are there, are there, but it starts with you taking the word of God inwardly, okay? God bless you. I appreciate you. Beautiful weather out there today. Enjoy yourself. Yeah.